Hello and welcome to the Foreign Podcast Extra. My name is Mike Bowden and I am recording from Odense in Denmark. These extra episodes are um, are going to take the f- uh, form of interviews that we will do with uh, different and what we would consider interesting people who have something to say about either being foreign, being a foreigner, living in a different country, or even maybe even being from the country and viewing their own nationality um, from a kind of objective perspective. Anyway, um, this first one is an interview with someone I've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times, my colleague who is from England, Stacy. The interview with Stacy is about an hour long and Stacy talks about his background, his reasons for coming to Denmark, how he sees himself in comparison to maybe other English people, um, the Danes, me, and, um, well, we think it's rather interesting. So, uh, yeah, grab yourself a cup of tea or coffee and um, welcome Stacy. So, Stacy, who are you? Well, my name's Stacy. Uh, no, it's not a girl's name. That's what I say to my dear students out there. Uh, I was born in the mid-60s, and so Stacy was on the cusp of going from a, a, a bloke's name to a woman's name, just like uh, John Wayne experienced with his name being Marion, for real. Right. So, so you sort of see yourself a bit of, a, aligned with sort of a John Wayne type? <laughs> no, it was the first name. I was going to say Big Daddy Shirley Crabtree, but I don't really see myself as being an overweight northerner either. And I think, so, as most of our listener group is probably from Denmark, I think Big Daddy. I think you'd you, you'd have lost yeah. the only two or three listeners we've got. But but listeners out there, if you get the chance, check out Shirley Crabtree because he was something else. Yeah, massive wrestler. Massive wrestler. Yeah. So your story then, you what you were uh, in the sixties? You said you were born. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, where did you live? Well, at the time I lived in uh, in Norfolk in England, which is where in East England. Yeah. And. Uh, was my story my mother met an american serviceman all right uh from who was in the air force uh we lived in england for two years and then we all moved back to america in dallas texas really yeah i and, didn't know that about oh, well, right. you yeah. know, right. and uh that didn't work out so just me my mum, and my sister who was born over there we moved back to england back to norfolk and um yeah and so um and and from there uh, what was it? So that was in '75. We came back. That's when I was born. Yeah, yeah. So we came back, especially for your birth, Mike. Cheers, mate. And uh, and from there we lived down. I moved around a bit in Norfolk. Lived in Cambridge Town, not Gown. And uh, just in case anyone wondered. And uh, then what, what was it? From there I moved to West England in Cheltenham. Right. Well, yeah, I'm just kind of babbling, really. But no, no, yeah, West England is good. Yeah, Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. so your schooling, what was that? My schooling was just your normal run-of-the-mill uh, secondary modern, which then, of course, they started calling it high school at the time. Right, yeah. And because having listened to your story on, on the pod, of course, I, I am a, a regular listener and I subscribe as well. Yeah. Um, so um, just say that it seems like your story is pretty much like mine, except you were a public school boy and I was just a state school boy. Is right. that right? Do I understand, did I understand yeah, it? Yeah, right? yeah. Public yeah. school. It's not private school. It's public school. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and of course I came out of school and as my mate Paul once said years ago, I took the well-trodden path, which was going from school to, to technical college, basically to get some more exams. Uh, and then I thought I was 18. 
I thought I'm going to go do some work. So I worked in kitchens, I worked at a holiday camp, I worked with old people. And I was just kind of bumming around really in Cambridge at that time. Yeah. And so uh, I started hearing this thing called CSV, which was a voluntary organisation where they'd send you around England or Scotland or anywhere in Britain, really. And then you could work with kids or young offenders or handicapped, anyone, really. And I kept hearing, all my mates kept saying, oh, yeah, I did this up in Glasgow. Or, oh, I went to Birmingham. Or I went to Liverpool. And I thought, I could do that, you know, because I'm just bumming around, really. And so so I, I said, yeah, I'll do this. Had to go down to the to London, to your part of the world. Again, I saw you on the street, Mike, and I did <laughs> wave, but you didn't wave back. But, you know, Londoners, mate, typical Londoners. Yeah, typical yeah. Londoners. And um, so uh, I got sent to Cheltenham. And I worked with young offenders and kids from uh, from socially deprived areas oh, right. or backgrounds. And I did that for a year. And then I went off and got a job at an old people's home. And then uh, about a year later, this, this Danish girl appeared. You know where this story is going to lead, don't you, lads? Yeah, I reckon. All yeah. right. And uh, she she was, was working as part of MS... And I can never remember, uh, Melanfolkly Samvig or something. You can, you can yeah. dub in what that is, Mike. Interpersonal something. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so yeah. she was working for this Danish organisation and she got a job working with these kids that I'd worked with two years before, a year before, however long it was. And we kind of got to know each other because I still knew some of the volunteers. And then one thing, thing led to another. We started going out. We lived in England for one and a half years together. And... There wasn't much because I'd worked in this old people's home and there'd been a lot of changes. So I was getting a bit kind of itchy feet. And we decided we were going to go to Europe and travel around, right, in April 1993. And we had this idea we were going to go to the south of France and pluck grapes, pick grapes off the vine, and then... Live like uh, Pat in the south of France. Yeah, we were waiting yeah, yeah. to, to wave to Pat. Really. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, of course, the thing is, there's two things... There aren't many grapes I found out in the south of France in April. Right. And uh, the other thing was we had to go to a christening in Denmark a couple of weeks in. And like most young people, we had lots of energy and lots of spirit, but we didn't have much money. So after we'd been to Copenhagen and, and visited friends around, we kind of ran out of dough and didn't really want to go back to England. So we ended up staying in Denmark. So I do have a theory about Danish women and uh, Vikings. Now, <laughs> and, and it all works out because, Mike, you're in the same boat, mate. Yeah, A thousand right. years ago, Danish men would take, would get themselves over to England yep. and nick all the women. Yeah. And now it seems to be that uh, Danish women go over and nick the men. And when you meet an Englishman or a British person in, in Denmark, you usually say, what's your name? Uh, I don't need to ask the next question because it'll say it was love or it was a woman or yeah, like, that's whatever. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, you start talking about, do you like football? Uh, what's your language like? Do you speak Danish? Because it's an interesting language to learn. Uh, and where are you from kind of thing. There's those kind of things. I remember when I first met you, I'm sure I must have said the same. Like, yeah, and I probably did the same thing as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so that's the, the Viking woman theory. And we were going to travel around Europe, but of course, it didn't work out. And the great thing in the in the early 90s there was that you could, um, well, first of all, my wife always says, you know, I still say I have to pay for your trip back if it doesn't work out. 
So she had to she had to sign this piece of paper saying if it didn't work out, she'd pay the, the boat fare back. But um, luckily it did work out, and I'm still with the same Mrs. Hello, Lula, how are you doing? And, Hello, Lula. Um, yes, yeah, it's not what's nice, just a soft light saying. Um, now, now the thing is, when when we were going to come to to Denmark, just to try, just to to be there for this christening, really. Yeah. My mate Nige said, um, "Oh, don't worry if you go to Denmark, mate, and that because they all speak English, yeah. so you'll be fine." And you say, "Yeah, that's great." But the thing is, when you go to a family party, they uh, don't all no. speak English when they're sitting together, even though they're very friendly and they're very they they're interested in British people. They like they like English and British people. Yeah in Denmark and, and of course they like to try their date their English on you as well but that's a different thing but I found out that well because I'm also really nosy so I really wanted to find out what are they talking about so um, I tried to learn Danish as quickly as possible I've known blokes over here and I'm sure, I'm sure you have as well Mike that have said well you know I live in a big city everyone speaks English I can get by yeah that's it you but, don't really need it do you don't need yeah, the language but, but I mean you know I, I didn't want to just get by, I wanted to get on. Because yeah. this is one thing about Denmark, the opportunities. Now, Mike, I heard your story. You did a GIF as well, right? Yeah, I did that GIF course, yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't want to boast, but um, I was actually seen, uh, I remember there was, um, the teachers said uh, I was an experiment. I was the first Englishman to try this in Aldenson. All right. The the um, the course there for, for, for foreigners so, and I really got on with it. I was lucky because I was a bit older and I was reading lots of newspapers and stuff. And so, you was it, in or you were reading lots? Did you I, say? I was reading. Oh, right, reading. reading. So, GIF, you were doing GIF. Yeah. And you well, were sort of the test subject for I GIF. Was, I was the test subject as, as an Englishman because there were lots of people. The idea of GIF, as you know yourself, Mike, loads of people are coming from all over the world to Denmark and they just had to be kind of mashed through the Danish education system. Yeah. So, then, of course, they had Danish papers. There were lots of people from Somalia. There were Palestinians. There was a few from Eastern Europe. And um, uh, I'm just trying to think. There was a few from Turkey and Iraqis and stuff. It was great. We were one big happy family. And, uh, and of course, I got on and I was advised, well, go and do what you want. One thing about Denmark, which is great, is that they, this opportunity is there to go and, and get educated. Yeah. And I thought... It's free. It's, and I didn't even think about the freedom. I just thought, because I thought I'd blown me chance when I was 18. Uh, and I think the situation in England is different now that, that mature students uh, have got more of a chance. Uh, so, so I went to university and I went there and I, and I studied English. And, and that's got, where we first met, Stacey. That's where we first met. I thought it was down the pub, Mike, but of course I don't drink, so I wouldn't know. No, no, you so, no, no. Absolutely. But so, so university and, okay, um, yeah, another reason why I took English, I've just, I've got a list of things here, because uh, I've always liked English. Stacey's made notes, by the way. I have so, made you know, notes. This is pretty hardcore. You know, I mean, it, it's a whole book of them, actually. But see, because some, sometimes you hear people say, oh, English teacher, oh, you, you, that must be easy for you. Yeah, classic. But, yeah, it's a classic, yeah. but all right, then go and do it. Yeah. All right, do it then. Okay. Well, it's like saying every Dane can be a Danish teacher. Yeah. Which isn't true either, is it? Oh, I don't know. They taught me a few. Well, they certainly correct me enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're lovely people, the Danes. I mean, because... Mostly, yeah. right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, jo I'm joking, everyone. Of course. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, so, so I had all this stuff, and, and I just thought I'd, I'd get on, and then luckily, VUC 
got in touch with me and said, we want to invest in you. And uh, that's the best thing I've ever experienced. And I'm sure that they kind of think, well, he's not the worst bloke in the, in the house. No. <laughs> okay. But, but I mean, I, I like it. And, and I must admit, there's sometimes when I, when I wake up and, on a Saturday, for example, I think, I'm going to go out and just walk the streets of this town and just speak a bit of Danish to people. It's great. It, 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 and I still get that kind of um, uh, spice and, and energy from living here. Right. I think, you know, I, I, I like it. I think it's good. Um, and if we talk about the food, I found the food was uh, very similar to, to English food, except for one day they said, here's your food. I went, oh, that's nice. There was meat, because I, I do still eat meat. Sorry about that, Patrick. Um, I understand you're a vegan, but that's fair. Is Pat a vegan? Like, were you vegan or vegetarian? I, I, I don't think Pat? he's ever mentioned it before. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, if, I, if I've made a mistake... <laughs> I'll get back. He is vegan. Okay, yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. And uh, so there was spuds, meat, and gravy on my plate. And I thought, well, where, where, where's the veg? And they said, uh, the well, we've got meat. this thing called Asia. Now, I don't know what they are in English. I've got no idea either. No, they're kind of like this, this yellow fruity thing. Yeah. And uh, they, they bring it out of a jar and it's pickled. And, and I said, ah, oh, no, you're all right. Now, for the Christmas thing, Mike, you mentioned the crisps. Yeah. I do remember this. And I thought, this is most unusual, I thought, because crisps in my world and in your world is a snack. Yeah. You would not eat it with your, your, your roasters and gravy. Well, I mean, if you're in a pub and a pint, a pack of crisps and a sandwich, yeah, that's perfectly acceptable. Acceptable. And you can also, in some sort of yeah. layers of society, you can also whack some crisps in between two slices of buttered bread. Oh, and uh, I gave up butter, mate, to try and cut down a bit on the... Yeah, but I'm with you. A crisp yeah. sandwich. So, but yeah, you're right. As as a part of a kind of a main meal and a nice meal. Yeah, and right? a nice meal like crisps. No, 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 no. Um, no. All right, the, we're only talking salt and vinegar. We're not talking about watsits or no, no salt, <laughs> salt crisps. Yeah, salted crisps. Yeah, yeah not not watsits or monster munch, of course. And Mike, I was interested in your 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 ideas about Christmas. Right. Okay, because you're only a twenty fourth man, right? <laughs> We celebrate the 24th. Yeah. And to the immense delight of my kids, the 25th as well. Right. Yeah. So. What do they like about the 25th? Presents. But they get them on the 24th. And the 25th. Okay. So, but if you took away the presents on the 25th and opened, you know, dance around the tree on the 24th, opened all your presents there. You see. Would, would the 25th have anything for them You're all? pushing me down avenues I don't want to traverse. <laughs> But so, I mean, it's like, you know, it's well, almost like the confirmation, isn't it? Um, uh, the Danish confirmation. If you took away, like, you know, the fact that they got loads of presents and loads yeah. of money, would like anybody really want to do it? What are your ideas about non-formations then, Mike? Yeah, fine. You're fine with non-formations? Yeah, I'd, I'd um, you know, I obviously have my own opinions about God and Jesus. Yeah. But I, and I was maybe a bit of an idiot in the old days where, when I had my kids, I sort of tried to enforce those opinions. I actually, I think you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't mind saying it on the podcast. I, I actually said to my um, my wife at the time, "Either we get married in the church, or we have a kids christened, future kids, but not both." And uh, she chose the church and regretted it. But yeah. but I've said to my kids their whole life, "If you want to be christened, if you want to, you know, then 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 or, or and confirmed." then we'll do it. Like I won't sort of try and put my whatever I think. Yeah. And, and the kids have chosen it, and fine. But if they said to me, you know, I want the party, I want the money, 
I want the food, yeah. but I don't want to do the church. I go all right then. Oh, right. I mean, to be honest, our kids are christened and confirmed, and that's just because it's a Danish tradition. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you were confirmed in England. Uh, no, I wasn't. No, no. I, I used to go to Sunday school. Yeah. But yeah. Um, for me, as I think, I don't know if I mentioned it on the, on the podcast or not, but for me, being confirmed... That was something that I remember there was a Catholic school in yeah. my area. Yeah. That was what the Catholics did. Yeah. So I never sort of, uh, uh, um, what's it called? Coplade. I never sort of in connection with Christianity. I never put it into connection with Christianity. I thought that was a Catholic thing getting confirmed. That's so, so when I came here and everyone's getting confirmed, but they're sort of Protestant Christian. I thought that was a bit weird. I didn't really understand it. Yeah. And people say to me, well, what did you get for your confirmation all those years ago, Stacey? And I'd say, oh, yeah. what, what? I was doing my paper round, mate. That's it. So... I was down the pub, mate. <laughs> I was down the pub, yeah, paper and, and then that's it, the pub. Yeah, pub, uh, 13, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. So, Is there anything more before I can ask you any questions? Oh, I've got a couple more things. Are you going to ask questions as yeah, well? Yeah, cool. It's an, oh, it, I, I, I think that's the very nature of an interview, mate. Yeah, is, oh, uh, I just thought it was me talking. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it is so far, yeah. And, and, and uh, <laughs> I, that's why you've been yawning so much, I see. Ah, uh, yeah. Just let me have a look here. Oh, yes. And this is the last thing I want to talk about. I have now become a Danish citizen. And it was on the 8th of September 2022. And So you're a year and a bit into it. Yeah. 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 And it's actually my um, wedding anniversary. Oh. Uh, but also what happened was, uh, those of you who are royal read the last podcast that was on yeah okay we'll remember that this is the day that queen elizabeth ii died now well uh, well that is pretty uh, that, symbolic that you is, you, no, you but, give up your citizenship you you trade your passport for a danish one yeah and the queen she just that's it that that that, that was the final uh that was the final domino mate mike i didn't want to have to say it but <laughs> i did really i would just say that i went into the town hall at four o'clock and then, of course, you've mentioned what you have to do to become a Danish citizen in the podcast before, if I remember correctly. But I went in and I got the papers and shook hands with the guy and everything. Yeah. 4.30, I came out. The clock bell rang. The cathedral bell was ringing. The queen had died. Wow. Okay. I would say it's that... It's your um, fault, Stace. You killed. Well, it, you quilled. You killed Liz, mate. Well, to be honest with you, Mike, I have heard this mentioned by other people. <laughs> but I would say, no, it wasn't that. It was just, it was her way of saying, you have my blessing. Okay? Yeah. So, but but yes, family parties and stuff and everything. All right, then, Mike, on you go, mate. That was a long intro, mate. That was a long run-up. I didn't realise it was an intro. I just thought you wanted me to say a few things. Yeah, I just wanted to say who you are and where you came from Denmark. Well, all right, okay. But as this is a podcast called Foreign, and you know, Foreigner in it and well, all that. So, yeah, uh, am I foreigner? Yeah, no, well, I'm well, an Englishman. Well, well, that's exactly. And that's what I was thought. Well, you know, do, do you ever feel foreign? Uh, yeah. Well, you do you feel like a foreigner? Uh, do I feel like a foreigner? Not really. Not really, because I've just really uh, moved very, what, a couple of hundred miles away from one place yeah. to another. It's right. Like, the, the, the changes have been small. It's like when John Travolta in Pulp Fiction says, it's just the little things. Yeah. You remember that from when he's going, like, uh, you know, he's talking to Jules in the car there, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. It's just the little things. And and the thing is just the little things like, uh, well, when we first came to Denmark, or when I first came to Denmark, uh, shops would shut on a Saturday. 
about 12 o'clock. Yeah, that's weird. That Yeah, that was... That was they crazy. don't do it anymore. Also in Copenhagen, they used to do it. Like, yeah. tw- like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I think this is like a major city. And and, and, and it's closed. Like, what are you supposed yeah. to do with your life? And, and you think, oh, you're supposed to just hang out at home and chill out, you know, and, yeah. and get a stress-free environment. But then again, I thought, well, you know, I fancy going out and buying some beers. Yeah. So, but of course, you have to go to the pub for that. Mm. So... So that's all right. I'm in your hands now, then, Mike. So, but there's no time. I mean, the things I mentioned, as you said, you've listened to the podcast. But for those of you who are maybe just listening to this because Stacey's on it, I'm sure you're <laughs> going to pull in people from near and near and far to listen to you. But things I've mentioned, like you know, where as soon as people catch on, you've got an accent, mm. then they'll ask you where you're from. That's not a Danish accent, and yeah. then you have to go through the whole kind of well, what I would call a rigmarole of yeah, I came here in 19 whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I've done this and I've done that. And all of a sudden, you're kind of, in a way, your sort of social credit at whatever gathering becomes the fact that you were just born in a different country where everybody else is more kind of like what they've done, who they are, maybe where they work, what they studied or whatever. And again, as you said, yeah, I'm an English teacher. Well, of course you are because you're from England. Yeah. So again, it's almost like everything comes down to the fact that you're English just by birth. And it's nothing you've really done yourself, is it? You were just born there, raised there, and happened to move here. You see, because I, I heard what you said on the podcast about that, Mike, and and maybe at the start, I think uh, I, I don't feel like that. I just feel like I'm moving around and doing my thing, really. And and I know I've got an English accent when I speak Danish, but um, I think people don't really care. I think. No, no, I don't think they care. No, as I said, I think when people ask me, it's not yeah. because like you know, there's any kind of problem with it. I think it's a genuine interest. Yeah, but I, I don't really get people asking me if, where, where I'm from anymore. Do you not? And I, I certainly don't think it's because I, I suddenly speak fluent, accent-free Danish. No, I get it all the time. Still, every time still, I meet, yeah. really, I'm very surprised. I was at a, um, a social gathering here at the school. One of our colleagues, he had a um, his silver wedding anniversary. Yeah, and yeah, I spoke to about four five different sort of people as you sort of mingle around. Mm. And uh, yeah, I told the same story four or five times. Really? Yeah, that's not a Danish accent, is it? No. Where's it from? It's from London. Ah, London. Yeah. What are you doing here? Boom, boom. Okay. You know. Actually, you don't get it, mate. No, I mean, um, I, no, I, I don't know. No. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because what I say is so boring. They think, oh, I just had me soon buck us off something. <laughs> I can talk to Mike about him coming from England. So, but if you don't feel foreign, then, you know, I mean, maybe this is, you know, you can, you can disagree with this kind of leap that I'm making. Mm-hmm. But then do you not feel English or British? Well, you see. Or what is that to you? What, what does that mean to you to be English or British? What, what, what does it mean? Do you make that distinction? Are you British or are you English? Well, I'm English. Right. What's the difference to you? Uh, see, th- these are good questions to come up with, but Cheers, I expected mate. this as well. Yeah. I expected if I talked enough. Maybe for two or three hours, and I wouldn't be getting these yeah. questions for you, mate. I would just um, edit it out two and a half hours of it, mate, and, <laughs> and put this in. So. I have a one-spot question for this complete stranger, yeah. right? Um, well, it's because you see, English people don't really have an identity as as English, English, English. What what I mean is, it's like if you go to Scotland, they've got kilts and they've got bagpipes. I mean, I know this is very cliched. And the Loch Ness monster and whiskey. When you go to Wales, <laughs> yeah, and I, I know these are real cliches. These are real cliches mm. about other British people. Wales, they like to sing. They've got the rugby, and uh, 
And then, of course, you've got the whole, I'm not really going to go into the Irish question, but you've got, you know. Yeah. And, and then you come to England and you think, if you if you say to English, what, we drink tea. Well, well so do Scots, yeah. so do the Welsh and the Northern Irish. And I'm trying to keep UK here. And uh, and so what do you like? You like football. So I remember reading years ago in Independent, I think it was, about what is it about English, being English? Yeah. And is it because uh, we don't really have a distinct folk song as such? We have folk ease. Yeah. But, I mean, what would you say? Green sleeves is the English song. My dad used to play that on the flute when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, what was he, Henry VIII? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Mike's dad, I'm only laughing about. Right. Yeah, he listens, by the way. I know he does. Pat, I called you Pat. Sorry, same thing. You can call me Pat if you like. He sounds like a nice guy. Right. So, so what is it to be English? Yeah, to you, like funny, being funny. All right, being sporty. Yeah. As in bookies. You mean bookie? You mean like betting? Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then again, of course, I know lots of people who don't bet, who don't like football. Who aren't funny. Who aren't funny. Well, there you go. Yeah. Already you've, you've cut me down to size. No, no, but again, this, but, is, this is your, this yeah, is what you absolutely. think. So just because there are exceptions yeah. to, to that, that doesn't mean that what you're saying is obviously like wrong. This is no. what, it, what it means to you. Yeah. Um, so, so in these things, and, and I think English people, the basic of an English person, and, and of course this applies to British people as well, they are friendly, they are funny, and but again, this, this is just how I've experienced people, because I find Danes are friendly, I find Danes funny, mm. uh, I like Danish people, and they seem to like me, otherwise they're good at, 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 at covering up. Yeah. yeah, very much so. As soon as I, I wonder why they kind of like always clap when I leave a room. <laughs> so I just thought, oh, maybe they like me. A bit. That's the students make it such a good teacher. <laughs> yeah, bye bye, mate. So, so. Uh, do I feel English? I mean, I've been here 30 years, so... Um, Which is obviously longer than you lived in the UK? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because I'm only, what, you know, 56. Right, yeah. So, I see. Um, so you've, uh, you've also crossed the threshold that like I, like I just have here in September. Okay, well been, been here longer now than I lived in the UK for. Oh, uh, dear, yeah. dear. That's it. So, so yeah. So, but yeah, but it's been, the reason I ask you that is because if you say you don't feel foreign... Mm. But you feel English, yeah. Then what makes English to you exclusive from Danish? I think, and this is something I thought about for a while. I think now, of course, I'm generalising again because we are always generalising. Yeah, yeah. You never find an English quarter. Uh, it seems like the, the, when you mean quarter, you mean like area where yeah, people live. Yeah, like like for example. Um, it seemed to be the Irish would hang out together, or where I, where I lived, all the Scots would hang out together. Yeah. Okay, the Welsh, they don't really travel, or I never really met many Welsh people. Mm. Um, whereas English people, maybe they see it, they just kind of spread. There isn't sort of like a great um, diaspora, isn't it? Diaspora? The, the, the Irish diaspora, where, where the Irish all went to... To New York. All right, yeah. You know, new word for me, but yeah. I'm, yeah, it's a lovely word. Um, yeah, it sounds great. And if I, or I might be, dear, no, anyway. Doesn't matter. So, we'll say it's diaspora for now. Thank now we know much. what it means. It means a flock of people going in to the same place yeah. out in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so it seems to be English people that just get on. I mean, I was lucky. I was married to a Dane. I was with a Dane. So it wasn't like there was 85 English people suddenly moving to an area. 
So in that way, we have to project our Englishness as we interpret it or as we are yeah. in that way. Mm. So, so maybe we're, we're not foreigners because we, we just go out and immerse ourselves. Of course, you're going to get lots of emails saying, well, actually, there's 48 of us live in this great tower block. We wish we got lots of emails, yeah. We've, we've had one from Pat's uh, mum so far. So you've got, you got an Indonesian guy listening. Yeah, yeah, he's a listener. He hasn't sent anything in there. Okay. We can actually see where people are in the world. Yeah, yeah, oh. we can see where they listen from. So, yeah, an Indonesian listener. Okay, I can get you more listeners. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you okay. can, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so, yeah, so I think Englishness is almost like a state of mind. In, in that way. Yeah. So you don't think there's any sort of traditions? There, I mean, I suppose maybe uh, another way to ask the same question would be, is there anything that makes you actually proud of the fact that you are from England or English? And what is that? See, I've never really gone in for the pride thing. I've gone in for the like thing. Um, so the English football team, you wouldn't you wouldn't like shed a tear if we won the World Cup like England? Mate, I've shed lots of tears over the English football team. <laughs> yeah, so have I. <laughs> I've got yeah, to yeah. say... Um, see, see, of course, now we're going down in semantics. There's a thing about pride and there's a thing about liking something a lot, right? Or you could maybe say, if, if we're talking sort of in a sort of a social sciences way, there's the difference between maybe a, a patriot mm. and sort of someone who's like a nationalist, right? You can love your country despite its faults, or you can love your country and think it's better than every other country. And I think patriotism is maybe like loving your country, but you're very aware of all the faults that it has, but you love it anyway. Do you feel that you love your country despite all the faults that you can maybe point out in it? See, I don't want to be too political, but this is a political podcast. Well, mate. apparently so. Yeah. Um, in '93, I wrote this kind of like a list of things. A manifesto. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I don't want to be too political, it, but I wrote this manifesto. I wrote, I wrote a manifesto. <laughs> no, I just sort of like um, how how the England that I I I, I liked or I loved was being ripped into pieces, right, mm. uh, by a political party. Uh, England, in a way, is still, and I think that, yeah, you've, you've, you've made me remember what I think about England is still a conquered country mm. from the Norman invasion. Right. Okay, if you go to Norfolk, you can, you can certainly see the Normans and the Anglo-Saxons. There's no doubt. Okay, mm -hmm. the Anglo-Saxons are now just farm labourers and stuff, and the Normans are the pearl and the pearl set. Yeah, um, and so England, in a way, is still a conquered country, um, in a way that that Scotland hasn't been or Wales hasn't been in that way by the by the Normans. And where did the Normans come from? In a way, they came from the Danes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So really, the Danes just wanted to come to England so much because they loved it. So they um, yeah. became Normans, especially. But, that, but the answer cut, to cut the question about the Normans bit there. Uh, I just want to say, I, I do think England was a was a uh, or is a, still a conquered country that needs to find its identity. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. But again, so the question is, are but you know, are you? Proud of being, I mean, you know, are you? Would you consider yourself a patriot? You said you wrote this thing in '93 about the country was being torn apart by a mm. political party, yeah. but you said you said the country that you love, mm. right? Why do you love it? What is it about England that the you love? The people, the people. So there's nothing about its culture, its cultural output. It's well, the, the culture, individuals. Well, the culture comes from the people, right? Yeah, mm? yeah, it does. And I know you you are a social scientist, and I'm just an English teacher, right? <laughs> but. Uh, 
But yeah, it's the people. Right. It's the people that that, that make it, and the people are being um, dosed on by by other. I mean, anyone can read the papers and see about what's going on in England now. Yeah. Or in Britain, you know. Yeah. So, like I say, I, I'm not here to to spout off lots of politics, but I do think people are being treated badly. Mm. Mm-hmm. But so, but does that maybe rub off on you? Do you sort of not? I wouldn't. Obviously, you're not responsible for it. Yeah. But does that make you less proud? It makes me sad. See, that makes me just you know, it's not about me, but that makes me less proud. I you know, it's not like you know, I I don't. I don't want to tell people anymore that I'm English because of what, you know, I don't mind saying it because what Rishi Sunak and the Tory party and, you know, Johnson and everything else has been going on. But, you know, I don't really think when people sort of think about, or, you know, as you said, Danes love England, right? Mm. Or the, the English. And so they're talking about how great it is. And I sort of think, well, it's a fucking shithole. But you, you, you see, know what you, I mean? you're looking at it like that. So the point was that, mm. that what is going on politically shapes my relationship to the country whereas for you you're saying that you look beyond in a way the politics and just concentrate on the people so it doesn't really matter if there are like children eating toilet paper in the summer holidays because they're starving mm. you still love england regardless sort of thing no that, that's not what i mean at all all right <laughs> no no because i'm certainly following your, your thought there what i mean is um i'm just kind of because the the essence of an English person, yeah, okay, is we're going to get on. If you could say it's the old blitz spirit, yeah, that's know. right, yeah, yeah, we're going to get on. We'll still do it. And of course, that that sounds great for me sitting here in Denmark. I phoned up my mate a while ago. He was he says, "Oh, we're in house coats now because of the cost of living crisis and the heating and stuff, right?" Yeah. And, and this is this is just an old bloke like you and me. It's not someone who's who's dossing about. And so, um, and so I thought, gosh, because we are kind of lucky, Mike. I mean, if we wanted to, we could actually walk around a house in t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as I, as I've said on the podcast many times, it's by no way that I'm playing playing any kind of violin. I know just how good I've got it compared yeah. to not just people in the UK, but you know, most of the world mm-hmm. where we're living with our education and income we're pretty much top of the pyramid. Yeah. And and that's just how it is. And um and I can't, you know, I won't excuse for it. But yeah, you know. So okay, so so in a way you there's no situation you find yourself in in Denmark where you kind of maybe feel outside of the sort of community that, you know, Denmark is a very you know, it, it loves its, you know, the word fellescape, the community, yeah, yeah. the fact that it's Danish and they're kind of in a way, I mean obviously not as individuals, but I'm maybe talking more about like media, their kind of obsession with reminding people of this sort of uh, community that they're in, that doesn't in turn then make you feel that you're outside of that. No. Because you're not, you know, because you know, I think I did mention it quite briefly on the last podcast. I said we could do another podcast on it. The fact that in the news, for example, mm. the population are referred to as Danes. Yeah. Where, you know, you're not a Dane. I'm not a Dane. But well, I'm, a, I'm a new Dane. I think yeah, you're, you're a new Dane. Yeah, but and we'll get to that in a second. But you know, why not just say the Danish population? What, what, why refer to everybody as being Danish when people who live here, a lot of people who live here, aren't Danish? Well, you could say that, and I've thought about this as well because I mean, back in England, you can also hear oh, the Great British Holiday or the Great British Bake Off. 
Yeah, the Great British Bake so, Off. So in, yeah. a, in a way, you've still got that going on over there too. But we do. We would say the the, the Great British public. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. So if we are referring to the nation, mm-hmm. we wouldn't just say the English. We would, you know, well, so, and this or the is population where, of Great Britain, yeah. or, or, you know, again, I mean, I, I don't want to split hairs with you. It was, no, it, it, it was just a question whether this whole kind of reference to everybody who lives in Denmark mm. as being Danish, for me, I just, I mean, you know, I don't like the word because it's a bit sort of exaggerated. I get triggered by it. Yeah, I don't start fuming or going crazy <laughs> or anything like that. But it kind of. You know, it, it's it's almost like you know stubbing my toe just a little bit. You yeah. Know, on it, I think you know, headlines like you know after Corona, now Danes can finally go outside, and I sort of made a joke. Obviously, I, I, I play it off as a joke. Yeah. Well, when are they going to tell me when I can go outside? Uh-huh. You know, because yeah. did you see what I mean? So why is everything about you know? So so no, not why. I'm not asking you that question. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't affect you at all. You don't sort of feel that you know that the word for for you is a Dane and the word for me is a Dane and the word for Ali is a Dane yeah. and the word for someone who, you know, maybe he's lived there for 15 years, come from Bosnia or from mm. Turkey, they're a Dane. Everyone's a Dane. Yeah. That kind of eradicates who, who you are though, doesn't it? And just makes you just a part of this sort of homogenous whole. So you're seeing it as, as being exclusive. You don't see it as being inclusive. Yeah, I suppose the good, one thing I asked my students actually, because mm-hmm. they sort of see it like that. So I mm. said, okay, if you guys move to Nigeria, yeah, would you want to be referred to as being Nigerian, or would you want to be referred to as being Danish, or or or, or, or as you know, as a part of the Nigerian public? And none of them would want to be referred to as Nigerian. Let's just put it that way. And I don't okay. think it's anything to do with the colour of the skin or anything else. Yeah. But when it's put like that, like yeah. a, a, a contrast. Do you see what I mean? Well, I think. Like if I lived in Germany, I wouldn't want to be called German. If I lived in Swedish, I want to be called Sweden. It's got nothing to do with Denmark or anything else. Because I'm seeing what you're saying. I'm hearing what you're saying there. I think it's also how you approach the situation. Yeah. I mean, if all of a sudden uh, you said, I've won a billion pounds, I'd like you to go live in, I don't know, in France for, for 10 years. Yeah. Then at the end of it, I mean, 10 years is a long time. You, you would start to brush off. See, this, this, is one of, this is one of the things I think about uh, when, when you've got racists and they go, oh, all the racist stuff, right? Mm, yeah. But I think when people come to a country, they do start to absorb some of the, uh, of course, the, yeah, the yeah. traits of the country. Yeah. So, so the, race, the racists, they kind of fight and lose a battle, really, because people are going to start to accumulate information from where they are. Yeah, and you just imitate the things around you and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it's very it's a very natural process, right? You know, so so in that way, you know, send me to Nigeria. I'd like the warmth at the moment. It's been freezing. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but I just think, you know, if you look in terms of America, for example, mm-hmm. you know, America is basically as everyone knows, loads and loads and loads of different nationalities. Yeah. But they have actually created like an American identity through those different sort of cultures. Yeah. You see what I mean? So maybe if I moved to America for 15 years, then I would sort of, there is a kind of an American culture. Do you see what I mean? There's an Italian, there's in. an Italian American and there's maybe the Irish American and there's all the different sort of people, but there is a sort of thing, you know, there's the onion model. I don't know if it's like Hofstede and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. You know, so there are certain things that kind of, you know, if you celebrate the holidays and the fame, all, all, all these things, uh, looking them up, Hofstede's onion model is quite interesting. But anyway, that is sort of 
American in itself. So you can, but you can still be sort of Latin American. You can still be Italian American, mm. but from separate from that, there is an American. Mm. Where in Denmark, it's just you're Danish. Yeah, I think it's also the size of the country. But but I do think if if you go in anywhere, yeah, with an open mind, yeah, and go and say, okay, when I came here, I thought I'm here now. I might as well get on and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. So so now thirty years later. When I'm sitting here talking to you about being English or Danish or whatever, yeah. kind of like, well, I'm here really. I don't really. So you don't actually see yourself as English. Well, yeah, or I am, as Danish. I am or what? English. Uh, I am in in a way. Ah, oh, now I will say to you. Yeah. When I when I like I the fact that down, your your voice, the tone of your voice is now fallen. I like that. fallen. You like that, do you? Yeah, hey, I, like yeah. I say to you. Yeah, go I, on. I say to you now. Okay, yeah. but seriously. Yeah. When I, when I started the process to become Danish, yeah. I looked at the Danish flag with different eyes. Good, positive eyes as well. I kind of thought, oh, I'm going to be part of that. Yeah. So, but... But what does that... I'm going to be part... You, 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 I'm, you, you're going to have to put more words onto that. Yeah, I'm going to, it's not very good for a pocket. I'm going to be part of that. Yeah, Looks part of what, mate? With, part, part what? With, with, with weeping eyes. No... I'm entering the Danishness. So so maybe because I've never really thought about it as deeply, but when you actually... Do you think make, it's like, so, sorry to interrupt you, but do you think mm. maybe for me to understand, maybe other people, do you think it's almost like a sort of getting married? Like you're living with, you're living with your girlfriend, you're living with your thought. girlfriend, you yeah. love her, you've told her that you love her the whole time. Yeah. There's nothing that's going to split you up. Uh -huh. You might even have kids with her, but the actual process of yeah. getting married and standing there, the ceremony... Yeah kind of takes it to a, maybe a sort of a different level than the what ceremony. it was. Yeah. And you think maybe the ceremony of, of going through the, doing the test and as you said, meeting up at the town hall, yeah. shaking the hand of the geezer and the whole official, you are now Danish, that kind of elevated your sort of immigration process yeah. to, to, yeah. You, well, in that is way. Is that a good I, sort I, of comparison, do you think, marriage? I, I, and, well, in fact, it flashed across my mind as well. So, so I certainly agree. You suddenly, maybe because you're making an effort, mm. you know. Yeah. I mean, or you're doing it in front of people. I think that's also the thing as well. You're sort of declaring your love for someone. Yeah. Like in front of all the people that matter to you. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I mean, but I wasn't there when you got. So I don't understand that. A, I wasn't there when you got married, and B, no. I wasn't there when you uh, when you became Danish. I did invite you, mate, but <laughs> we didn't want to talk got lost in the post. Yeah, so so I think if you if you make an effort, yeah, then it, it will pay you back. And maybe that's it. All the time I've been in Denmark, I've been making an effort to learn the language, to accept the opportunities, to get educated. But why did you? I mean, you know what? I mean, so okay, did you take the? Uh, you know, did did you become Danish or get a Danish passport? Let's just say in that way. Mm -hmm. Was it for any other reason than what you're saying now about immersing yourself in the society? Was it for you just a process? of kind of being part of society or, were, or were, were there any other reasons for it? Because in a way you don't, as you've all, you know, in a way you're, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you're saying anything, but, but the way I understand it, you're saying it's all about having an open mind. It's mm -hmm. all about your mindset or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the passport itself is really immaterial to how Danish you are. Right. Yeah. So are there any other reasons why you wanted it? So I didn't get kicked out of the country. But that was never going to happen, mate. Let's put it this way. When the politicians say yeah. all British people yeah. 
are, are, are um, protected, mm. all right, because of Brexit. Yeah. And I thought, fair enough. Yeah. But I also thought, who knows? I've got my whole life's over here now. Yeah. And all of a sudden they go, ah, get out. Yeah. Not that I'm going to do anything wrong or silly or anything, but it was just kind of like a bit of insurance too. Okay, yeah. Just, I mean, this is obviously not lecturing you. It's just in case you didn't know, because I, I obviously yeah. had the same sort of thoughts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I read that we we would have been at least protected. Yeah. Not just, nothing to do with Europe, but by the UN, the human rights. Yeah. The fact that we've actually living here, working here, and have a family here means we're, you know, but, but them actually, you know, the police coming and removing us from our yeah. houses would break international convention on human rights. Yeah. So we were sort of, you know, that it just wasn't going to happen. That's what I thought to myself. This right. ain't going to happen. Seriously, I'm 100% agreeing with what you're saying there. I mean, but I just thought, well, it's, it was the final push. I right. just thought, and, and it was maybe, maybe me giving two fingers to what happened over in England or in Britain. And what but, happens, Dave? Well, it begins with <laughs> Brex. And you know the rest. And okay. it ends with it. Yes. So and, and so you're not a fan? Let's put it this way. On the morning of June the 23rd, or 23rd of June, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Right? I can't exactly, I but up, I think it sounds right. Yeah. I woke up, and, and it was, of course, it was on Danish TV, live streams from, from the BBC. Yeah. And this, Mike, the words came across my head. My people need me. <laughs> and... Just a sniff, and we're talking like the, the faintest whiff of yeah. And I'm going to, I've got to go back. I've got to sort this out. Did you? Yeah. You wanted to go back home? No, I didn't want to go back home, but like I said. Well, the, go back to the, the UK. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the smallest of sniffs saying, these people obviously don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew what it. Yeah, see, again, oh. see, that's, that's quite interesting to me because that made me just sort of think, I'm so glad I'm here. Like and I don't, no, I want, and I don't want anything. Help. I don't want anything to do with that at all. Like nothing. Danny like, helped, and and I am. I can go back and sort this out. Mm. Goodness, I mean, obviously it was only just a, but just it just flashed across my mind. Just the mm. briefest of seconds thought, this is too outrageous. But do you, do you know without everything can be edited, right? So yeah, do you know any British people in Denmark who would have perhaps voted to leave Europe? I don't really know many many British people anymore. Okay, so you don't have that many British friends. I got, I got, I know it's sort of like maybe a dozen at the most. A dozen? See, I, I know you. You're right. Okay, that's it. Well, I mean, I could lie. Yeah, I'd vote. <laughs> we'll cut that out. No, really, because yeah, I don't. As I said, I mean, in a way, I'm kind of what you said at the start, where you know. What was that great word that we that we said? It was about going out in groups. Diaspora. Diaspora. Like, you know, I... And I think I've said it on the podcast, I can repeat it. I went to the pub, the Irish pub, and it just sounds terrible, but it's, it's just how it was. The sorts of people that drunk in the pub that were also English aren't basically the sort of people that I would have hung out with mm. if I lived in England. And because I had maybe had the relationship to my country or whatever, well, just maybe just the person that I am, I'm not like, okay, well, we both like football. We both speak the same language. We both got the same uh, sort of culture. Therefore, let's be mates. There has to be, yeah. you know, there has to be their values as people or their interests or things like that. So for me, the kinds of people that were here, and it sounds really snobbish and it's probably because I am, but the kinds of people that were in the pub were, again, just not so, so it wasn't like, yeah, for me, and uh, but I could see that also, you know, amongst some of the Irish groups and also the English groups was, 
that was what sort of kept them together. You know, the pub, having a beer, talking about the footy mm. and the fact that a cup of tea, whatever. But for me, that just wasn't enough. So yeah, all my friends are Danish. There is no one I know here, apart from you, yeah. who is either English or British. Okay. No one. But, so out of the dozen though that you know, yeah. would any of them, were any of them maybe on the fence? I can't imagine they were. Oh, you, so there's nothing you spoke about with them? Oh, I spoke to a couple and they were going like, well, they kind of think we could do this on our own. We could, we could manage on our own. Yeah. But it certainly wasn't because of race. It wasn't the race. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there was also sovereignty, right? And the idea of, of England being this great nation, yeah. going back to the kind of empire days and yeah. and the nostalgia element that, you know, obviously isn't true, none of it, but there was that narrative and that was a big selling point. But yeah, because I, I know of people here who are who are British that actually thought Brexit was a great idea. Okay. And, um, you know, for me, just the irony of, of them living mm. in Denmark, being out of come here when they did, and getting a job and doing everything and getting a permanent uh, uh, a, a permanent uh, opposed which is a permit residence, to stay. Residence permit. Yeah, residence right, yeah. permit and stuff like that. And then voting so that other people who want to do that in the future mm-hmm. are going to have a lot harder time of it. I just couldn't really see the... Uh, no. But Brexit is not something that you are sort of... Uh, you. No, I can't see the point of uh, trying to exclude yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're, in a, you're at a party... And you decide to go drink outside. I mean, you're still drinking in that, but <laughs> what's the point of that? You yeah. Know? So and so and Brexit was to push to get the final push, maybe yeah. to, to to get the passport. I mean, even for a few years before that, maybe five, six, maybe even ten years mm. before that, I was saying, well, I would become a Danish citizen. I can't see why I wouldn't, but that was the kind of final, yeah. you know. Yeah. So you got your British passport. You see yourself as um, da- Danish passport. Sorry. So you got your Danish passport. You don't really see yourself then as British or Danish. You are a sort of hybrid. Well, I mean, as I said, um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I just kind of got on. Really, I don't really kind of. I mean, the only thing that really makes me want to go go English English is mm. the football team. Yeah. You know. And the rugby team, of course, even though I'm not a big rugby fan, but I do watch the World Cup. But don't your colleagues mention it to you? What? English? Like, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, I get, I wouldn't say teased about it because that's, you know, that sounds a bit stupid. But yeah, I get told or reminded by my colleagues here at the place where we both work yeah. that I'm English. But that's because you're English or typisk, you know, just. Typical, really? typical Brit, but with a smile, obviously, you know, yeah, you know yeah. sort of just, just sort of uh, um, uh, ribbing me or taking the piss as, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever. But yeah, you know, that kind of uh, thing is brought up about me quite a lot. And I don't know if it's because I project something. I don't know if it's a sort of, uh, yeah, you know, but I hear just in, yeah, again, and it's all well-meaning uh, and it's all uh, with love and everything else. Yeah. But I hear about me being English often, like often. Okay. No, I must admit. Uh, no one in your office or where you work or your colleagues around no. will sort of say, oh, Stacey, did you see that in the UK they're doing this? Or you might like this. Or no. you're English, so can you help us with this word? Or there's nothing that where you sort of, where your Englishness in some way has some kind of status. Uh, I don't really think we think about it. We're too busy um, working. 
No, I don't know. No, not even at parties or just at sort of social gatherings. There's nothing about... I mean, it must come up, but I, I don't really kind of... Because in a way, you, you project your English is much more... Do I? Your Englishness is much more pronounced than mine is. In what in what sense would you say that? That's interesting. Uh, not because it's about me, but the idea but you of... You love it, mate. Yeah, you love I it. love it, mate. No, but right. the idea of my Englishness, like yeah. what, what, what would you say that was? I think it's your whole personality, Mike. You are, it's the, it's, it's the London thing. Oh, right. Yeah. It's the London, yeah. I Wanker mean, thing, basically. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just that, because I've known other London guys, right, in Denmark. Right. And they're also very... London. Large. Okay? <laughs> large white boy. That large, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's fair enough. I right. mean, but if you're going to be large and urban, as opposed to sort of um, just kind of, a bloke, then I suppose you're going to attract more attention. I suppose. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, that's. I think that's interesting because maybe the uh, idea, yeah, the idea that obviously indirectly mm. I, I bring the attention yeah. to myself because I'm just being me, right? I mean, it's not like yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to have to go out and be typical Londoner because that's what people expect of no, me or whatever. No, it's, it's just who I am. Mm. But if that then in turn would create the sort of banter, I suppose you could call it, where people may be taking the mick a little bit mm. and winding me up about being English or just mentioning it or something. Mm. That's actually something I create. Because as you said, you don't you, you don't get that. And that, that's, that's, that's quite interesting, I think. You know, I mean, I'll talk about things and slang and stuff in there. Mm. I mean, for example, uh, my dear colleague who sits next to me, whose name he knows, uh, came in whistling once. Right. And I said, ah, oh, you're on the fiddle, mate. All right? In English, you're on the fiddle. Yeah. And we're kind of, oh, what does that mean? What does mm. on the fiddle mean? Yeah. And I showed him the clip from the film Alfie with Michael Caine, right. where he's whistling and his superior, his boss, comes down and says, ah, oh, you must be on the fiddle whistling like that on what I pay you. I'll show you the clip later. And... um so, 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 so your cultural references you'll yeah, bring, you, you, you'll bring yeah. to the table, your sort of cultural British or American British uh, references, you sort of, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so that, that's where that's where we use it for just add a bit of color and a bit of spice, yeah. All right, you know, so yeah. one of the podcasts we, um, the first podcast actually, yeah, the very first foreign podcast was this idea of I know it's just a word, but things are what you call them, right? So, yeah. um the idea of an expat mm. and an immigrant. Yeah. But would you see yourself as, I mean, if you can kind of erase that discussion from your mind, I know you've listened yeah. to it, but did you see yourself, would you have called yourself an expat like 10 years ago or whatever, or five years ago, or, 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 you know, or do you, or, or do you see yourself as an immigrant? Because British people, they're expats, right? That's what we call it. I mean, well, they're referred to as expats. Unfortunately, yeah. if you hadn't mentioned the fact that the first podcast, because I do remember there was quite an interesting discussion about it. Yeah. Because an expat is saying, oh, you know, I'm an expat. Oh, yes. Well, where do you come from? Oh, yes, I've been out here. Yeah. And so on. Uh, whereas an immigrant, oh, ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh, 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 doesn't suit you, sir. No. Right. Um, and it's not it's not only to do with race as well. It's also got to do with sort of social status, like finance, how yeah. much money. The uh, the idea of being an immigrant is also sort of synonymous with some kind of sort of poverty, and and going to a country and maybe kind of taking that country's resources from them as an immigrant. But an expat that just means you've kind of taken your kind of social status and your wealth with you, and yeah. you are just residing as a Brit in another country. Indeed. 
So it's it's not only race; it's also sort of social class. Yeah, because uh, again, I said to my friend, twenty five, nearly thirty years ago, on the phone. Mm. Um, of course, you know, I'm a foreigner over here. And he said very quickly, you're not a foreigner, you're an Englishman. Yeah. Right? And uh, Tongue-in-cheek. Right? Tongue-in-cheek. Tongue-in-cheek, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. know, he would never, you know. But many a true word spoken in general. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, he's yeah. certainly a jester, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, but no, am I an immigrant? I suppose I am an immigrant. I've, immigra- I've, I've emigrated from England and immigrated mm. To Denmark. Yeah. Uh, there's one for my language students to remember the difference. Okay. I like that kind of thing. Uh, so, so, yeah, I'm an immigrant. Mm. I'm not an expat because the, the, to be an expat, there are, it just, just reminds me of bronzed older people living on the south coast of Spain. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, who yeah. are now going, Ooh. Garçon. Yeah, yeah. Even that, though they're in Spain. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, in that way, yeah, so I would be an immigrant, but that's not a bad thing. No, no, but again, was it something that you thought about again? Was it anything that you thought about the idea that you're actually, when when immigrants are spoken about in Denmark, which they are a lot, yeah, yeah. you know, and the whole kind of classification of being a, a non-Western mm. and a Western immigrant? Yeah. I did consider whether I was an expat or not, and I suppose I must be, but I've never really been into the idea of being a patriot, of being a patriot because of the words of Samuel Johnson which is patriotism is the last refuge of the scoundrel. And I thought, I don't <laughs> want to be a scoundrel, yeah. so then I can't be an expat. And this, of course, I've been an ex-scoundrel. Well, maybe Denmark has done me good. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. Well, it's me that thanks you, mate. Well, I hope you can use it. Or part of me hopes you can't. <laughs> no, no, we'll, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I think that was really, really interesting. Okay. And um, I'm just trying to wrap my brain right now if there's anything I haven't asked you. But I think we pretty much covered everything. So thanks very much. On behalf of Patrick and myself. Yes, and say hello to Patrick. I will do. Him. I will do. And uh, well, yeah, I see him. I'll see, yeah, I see him sort of online. Isn't it? But, yeah, uh, there you go. But yeah, cheers, mate. Cheers, my man. All right. Nice one. Have you stopped recording? I have now.